Welcome to the Life Church STL podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages and inspires you. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. All right, we um, we have uh, been talking uh, about how Israel has has been a picture for us of, of what happens when, when we drift, when we kind of get away from uh, what God is, is asking of us and, and who He's called us to be. And what happened was they went from, from devotion to God uh, and got distant, and then there became some discontentment leading to disbelief, and then there their devotion was diverted to idols. And, and so there's that pathway that, that we can see that happens in us that, that when we allow ourselves to become distant, it doesn't just end there. It goes on to discontentment, to grumbling, complaining, to murmuring, like all these things that, that we're like, ah, you know, God, he didn't do this or that or whatever. Uh, to lead us straight into disobedience, and then just really idol worship, worshiping ourselves, worshiping something else besides God, following Him. And so this drift, you know, I, I, I looked up the word drift, the definition, and, and it's of course, fits perfectly in this. And, and do you know what the word drift means? You kind of do. I'm sure, I mean, everybody kind of knows what it means. But it says the gradual departure, the gradual departure from an intended course due to an external influence. So, so the gradual departure, see, we, we would notice it, we, we would be like, oh man, I shouldn't be this way, do this, whatever, if something really substantial happened in us and, and, and we realize it more. The problem is we get in this place, this drift where little by little we start doing these things that are going away from God or not obeying Him, doing what He's asked us to do. And there's this gradual departure from our intended course. From who God intended us to be, who He created us to be, and what He's wanted us to do. Does anybody know what a drift car is? Drift racing, some of you do, some of you may not. I'll explain it just a little bit. But a drift car, you know, cars, they, the manufacturer makes a car so that we can go down the road. And one of the, the main things that they focus on is that it, was, it would be safe, that it will, it will grab the road with the tires, you know, that like, and that's like really a, a thing that some cars, you know, especially like sports cars or you're talking about other ones that like the manufacturer like really gets into the inner workings of, of like, we've done so much so that this car, you can drive around a corner at 60 miles an hour, it's not going to slip, it's not going to do anything but stick to the road where it's supposed to go. And the manufacturer wants that to happen because they don't want you to wreck. 
But a drift car, see, what guys do is they take these cars, a manufacturer is built, and they say, well, actually, what I want to do is actually the opposite of what the manufacturer made it to do. I would like this car to not stick to the road. I'm going to put so much power and take out all the weight. I'm going to do all this stuff that actually what I want to do is I want to spend the most time that I can with my tires burning rubber, spinning, and just moving along. Not going straight, but just going sideways the whole time. That's what drifting is, if you didn't know. It's actually really cool to watch. <laughs> but the point is, is these guys take this, this thing that was created for a specific purpose, and they say, I, I don't want to use it for that purpose. I want to do it my own way. And to take this car, change it, do what I want with it, so that I can have fun. And that's the same as we are talking about here today about us. Is that what happens is God, He has created us. He is the creator of you and I, of you and I, if you will, if I could use this word, our manufacturer, you know. He has put in the intricate details and made each and every one of us to, for a specific purpose and to walk with Him and, and to do what He's called us to do. And, and in this Drift, we say, I want to do it a little different. And just like a drift car, what happens is that it might be fun for a little while, but the car in the drift car will not last. It'll get wrecked, the parts wear out, it, can, it continually has to, to be worked on and fixed, and it's like, what, what's wrong with it now, you know? Anybody ever felt like that? But it's because they are going outside of what the manufacturer had created the car for. And the same with us. It happens to us. It's like, God, whoa, whoa, what's happening now? Why, why is it always a struggle? Why are these things happening? All these things. And I'm not going to say, look, life isn't just bliss and, and, and perfect. God didn't say that if you do this, this, and this, and nothing will ever happen. But what he did say is he will sustain us, he will uphold us, he will keep us, and, and we may walk through something, but he is going to do a work in it and through it. He will be there. But drift is, is lift, living outside of those boundaries, like the car, living outside of those boundaries in our lives that God has created in us and for us. It's like you got an owner's manual for a car and, and they tell you all about the car and how it's supposed to work. And this is, this is our owner's manual, if you will. <laughs> God wants obedience from us because he, desire, he desires to bless us. He desires to use us. And, 
and to help us to see who he is so that, it, that we can show others who he is. Deuteronomy 28, starting in verse 1, it says, Now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today, that your, the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. It doesn't say just hear the words that God's speaking, see? And I think that's where sometimes we, just because it's so easy, you know, and I'll talk a little bit later about Saul and some different things. In him, but but it's not about hearing and kind of doing a little bit of what God wants you to do, or just obeying the command in a way, or or that like you know we hear and we say, okay, God, I I know you just want you want me to go to church more. You want, you you want me to be there in service on Sunday, which of course He does. He wants us to build together with others and to celebrate and to worship Him and, and to, to grow, right? But it's not just about the being here. It's about the obeying Him. We could come to church. We could learn. We can hear the Word of God and not obey that a little heavy, or you guys are being a little quiet, a little bit quiet. I <laughs> see. Blessing is, is reserved for those, for those that are obedient. And there's, there's so much casualness and carelessness in, in the church even today. I've said this a, a couple of times, and it's easy to get that way. It's easy to get that way. I, let me talk about me. It's easy for me to get that way whenever things are easy, whenever things seem good, to get careless or just be like, rest back and be like, yeah, things are good. And then I don't realize that I'm not trusting God like I should. God hasn't called us and created us to be careless or casual about who he's created us to be. He's called us to be disciplined and obedient and, 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 to, and to hang on every word that he's spoken over us. Right, to hold fast, my favorite phrase, hold fast to him. but we can become disobedient. Outright disobedience is just doing what 
I, we want to do. This is the way I want it to happen. And, and this word is a word for, for every single person in here, whether we've not come into a relationship with Christ or, not, or, or we've been walking with him for years and years, that each and every one of us, I need this word right now because I need to, to follow him more and understand what he's speaking over me. We, you need to understand, no matter where you're at, what he is speaking to you, what he's called you to, and to hang on those words, to hold fast, to, to, to learn those things, and to obey. No matter where we're at. And in Israel, the, the Israelites have been released from captivity. They're walking, going to the promised land, right? And God asks them to, 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 he says, go into the promised land where I've called you, where I am with you, where I am going to, to give you. I will give you this promised land. God asks them to take it. They go, the, the spies go, and they go look. Like, we're not going to do it. That's deliberate disobedience. See, I just don't see, I don't know that, like, I'm not going to just be deliberate, but we do sometimes. God, I can't do that. And this is what I. We see story and story. They, even Israel, before them, had seen God move and work over and over and over and seen. When he says he will fight for you, when he says he will give it to you, it happens when you obey him. They decided it just wasn't going to work out. Didn't trust and obey him. So God says, okay, like you just walk around for a little bit. About 40 years or so. <laughs> Let's see if we if we just if we trust and obey him like we should. Our, our lives will be revolutionized. Our lives will be something completely different. Than, than what we think it can be. See, and this is what I like to, to see is, or I guess you speak to myself even. Because we can see things like uh, this vision or like what God's called us to and see that, that he has called us to great things. And yes, he will bless me. But, but you know what? When we trust him in the way that we should, when we obey and just say, yes, God, whatever you ask me, I'll do, I'll do it, and, and it won't question. That, that our life will be something far greater than we can actually even imagine. If we trust him and obey him. 1 Samuel 15, I 
In verse 22, it says, So Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. And in this, so Saul, God asked Saul, God was angry at the Amalekites because they attacked Israel on the way out from captivity, on their way. And God delivered them, but God, he said, "Uh uh-uh. You're not going to do that to my people. So it comes back when Saul is king that God tells Saul, I want to bring judgment to Amalek. And I want you to utterly destroy. Just utterly wipe it out. And and, and Saul's like, okay. And he goes out. He fights this battle and, and, and they're fighting and they're winning and and they're destroying, and all of a sudden, they, they decide not to utterly destroy. But they keep the good stuff. And this is a good, a good word for us, because sometimes we're like, well, God, you don't want me to change that, because that's good, right? That's what, if God asks us to utterly destroy something, we utterly destroy it. No matter what we feel about it. But Samuel comes and he, he asks Saul, he's like, what is going on? What did you do? And he's like, no, look. He's like, we're going to take this stuff. And he, actually, he blames it on the people. <laughs> he says, look, it's like they, they decided that they wanted to take some of the, you know, the good, you know, animals and the good things from the land and, you know, but we utterly destroyed the, the bad stuff. You know, the stuff that was tainted and bad and wasn't good, but we took the good stuff. He blames it on the people, says, well, it wasn't really me, it was them. He says, well, we're going to take and we're going to actually make sacrifices with some of those, you know, good animals. And he's just like, God will, God, God will appreciate it. That, that we, you know, we may not have completely obeyed him, but I, what I'm going to do is with what I disobeyed him with, I'm going to make a, an offering. So that's when Samuel comes in and he's like, has the Lord as great a delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices? This just doing something that maybe he has asked you to do. But is the delight in that more than you obeying him? He says, bold to obey is better than to sacrifice. I I don't know about you, but this is like, it's, it's, it's big. It's, it's like, you got to really think about it. And I give it to you in, in in today's world. And, and I say to obey God is better 
is better than, you know, that I've been listening to worship music and singing and, and, and I came to church and I, you know, did all these things. Like, I, I, I gave some, some help to somebody that needed help and, and, you know, that person on the side of the road, I actually handed had them some money because, you know, it made me feel good if I did that. But then, I, you know, I've been doing all these things. You know, these are things that God has asked ask of me to do. But in turn, I am actually disobeying him. Not with those things per se, but, but I'm not obeying what he's asked me to do. I'm just kind of checking the boxes, if you will. In this word, and it says, and to heed than the fat of rams, than to, you know, give fat, like to sacrifice, to do those things. This word, he, kishaf, to hear, be attentive, heed, to incline our ears, to pay attention. And I believe he's saying here, he's saying, listen, I don't really think you heard what God said. Are we really hearing? Hearing and sitting and actually understanding what God is saying so we can obey is better than doing all the little things things that we possibly can do. I'm, again, I'm, I'm not saying that we shouldn't do that. Bless people, give to those in need, worship. We come on Sunday to celebrate, do all these things. Yes, we do that, and we should do that, but so much more important than that, and this is the point, so much more important than that is having our ears inclined to Him, turn to Him to listen to hear what he's saying, to obey and do what he's asked us to do. As I was studying, I was reading. I, I don't, I'm, I heard a couple of quotes. I'm going to give them to you because they're powerful. And one is in sacrifice. It says, in sacrifice we offer the flesh of another creature. In obedience we offer our own will before God. In sacrifice we offer the flesh of something else, someone else. In obedience we offer ourselves on the altar before God. Martin Luther said, I had rather be obedient than able to work miracles. I'd rather be, or I should be obedient. I'd rather do that than to be able to be used by God to see miracles happen. I, that's powerful. That's, I, like really? Because so many times... I, me included, we all, we're like, God, use me, God, do this, God, we want to see you move, God, we want to, but do we 
Do we think, do we understand, do we hear that when God's saying, but so much more than that, so much more joyous to my heart, so much, it pleases me so much more than, than even to do miracles, than to, to do this thing that might be such a miraculous sign. It pleases me so much more for just to see you obeying my words. For your ear to be inclined to, to heed my voice and do what I'm asking you to do. In the book of Romans, it, it talks a lot uh, about obedience. And in chapter 6, verse 16, it says that you're a slave to the one that you obey. Romans 6.16, do you not know that to whom you present yourselves to obey, you are that one slave whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. See, we are obedient to something or someone. We are. It's not like it, it's one or the other. We are obedient to self, to our flesh, to what we want, or what the enemy is doing in us or wanting us to do. The devil's working, you know, hard on us all the time. We can be inclined more to what he's speaking and do what he's asking us to do than to what God is. So are, are we a slave to? Are we obedient? Because we're obedient to something. Are we obedient to ourselves? Are we obedient to God? Romans 9.31 says, But Israel pursuing the law of righteousness has not attained to the law of righteousness. So they're pursuing it, but they're not grabbing hold of it. They're not actually gaining that, that righteousness. Why? Because they did not seek it by faith. But as it were, by the works of the law, for they stumbled at the stumbling stone. And in this scripture, he's helping us to understand that there's something, that, that obedience comes of faith. There's this grace that God gives us to be obedient. And that's a thing that I've thought about, dealt with, tried to grab hold of, because you know what? Sometimes we just try real hard to be obedient. But are we, or am I, are, are we trying to be obedient or are we allowing God to give us obedience? To, to give us that, that grace that faith. Because if we seek after just obedience or the law, that's what he's saying here, the, the, the law. There's a problem with just trying to follow the rules is because the rules aren't what save you. The rules aren't what do it. it it's, it's the instruction manual, right? We talked about cars. I like cars, you know. 
It's the owner's manual, the instruction manual. It, it, it helps us to live. We can follow those things and, and do those things, but those things aren't what created us. Those things aren't what save us. And really what we need is to focus on God, focus on Christ, who He is, not on what I need to do. And that's what he's saying. The Israelites, they, they, in that time, they had to focus on just what they needed to do. They didn't have Christ. But we have Christ. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. He sent the Spirit with us. That his spirit is in us to move and, and guide and lead and, and help and be our strength. And, and we don't have to just strive to follow the letter of the law. What we need to do is to hold fast to who he is. Seek after him. Know him more. And he gives us the faith and grace. What we need to move forward to walk in righteousness. In Romans 1, 5. And just before that, he's talking about Christ and born of the seed of David. Declared to be the Son of God. And he says, through him, verse 5, through him we have received grace and apostleship for obedience of the faith among all nations for his name, among whom you also are called of Jesus Christ. He says, through him, through Christ, and what he's done, and, and through Christ, what we've done, what we've received, we've received this grace from him of a call, right? A call to apostleship, a call to a pastoring, a call to being a mother, a father, a call to, to being who Christ has created you to be, to be a missionary, to work with children. He has called each and every one of us, right? Right? And he ends that, he says, among whom you also are the called. But we've received this grace and this calling of apostleship for obedience to the faith. See, faith, faith is the goal. And obedience comes from that, walking toward the goal. If we want to be obedient as it's speaking here, if we want to walk with God, right in that in that sweet spot, in that place. 
that He has called us to walk with Him in. It takes faith. It doesn't take my strength. See, and that's sometimes how we get it wrong, how I've gotten it wrong. It, it, it doesn't take my strength. It takes faith to be obedient to the call that He's called me to. It takes faith to be obedient to the call that he's called you to. You know, I've said this before and I'll say it again because I think it'll be helpful. But I'm a thinker sometimes to my detriment. You can ask Pastor Tori. There's many times, like sometimes it's helpful. Sometimes I could figure stuff out. And that's one of the things she said. She's like, man, I just, you can figure anything out. Like, that's amazing. I, I, I love to, you know, feel like I can figure anything out. But many times I will sit and ponder and think and, and just mull over things so much that there is no action in my life. There is no stepping forward and, and not the doing. And this past year, you know, pastor was, I was talking to him and he said something that was so simple and, but really just, it, it stuck in, you know, it dug in. And he, and he said, you know, I don't, I don't know what it's like to, to walk in the what you have walked in, but I know what it's like to get over myself. I know what it's like to get over myself. And it's stuck. It's stuck in real, real deep. And you know what I try to do is mull over it a lot. And this probably is an issue. But, <laughs> but in that, I heard this and God speaking through him that it's like, what you're doing, what you are doing is trying to figure it out. What you're doing is trying to use your own strength. What you're doing is trying to see if you have what it takes. What you're doing is, is thinking about all that you have. But I've not asked you to think about all that you have. I've asked you to think about all that I have. I've not asked you to move in what you have. I've asked you to move in what I have. Because if he has called us to something right, he called Paul to apostleship, that he gave him the grace, he gave him what he needed to do it. It wasn't because Paul had everything that he needed in himself. But it was God that called him to it, that gave him what he needed. And in this, and it's just a close, speaking of obedience, to, I mean, really, I'll break it down 
simply how I've seen it and felt is the greatest hindrance to obedience is our view of ourselves. This is what's been my issue. Our greatest hindrance to obedience. We can blame it on this or that or other things, but but if we are not seeing what God sees in us or for us, who he's called us to be, what he's called us to do, that it is him in us doing that. If we don't see what he sees, we won't think we can do it. We won't want to do it. We won't, you know, all, all the things. I will disqualify myself if I'm looking at myself. I will, you know, <laughs> devalue myself. I, I will, like if, I, if I'm looking at me, I can tell you, and I know I'm not the only one, I'm not going to ask you if you feel that way or think that way, but I'm just saying, this is what we do as humans But what I'm saying right now is, is in this obedience, God is not just desiring to be strict. What he's desiring is for you to walk in the, what he has created you to do and how he's created you to walk. He knows. He knows because he's created you, right? He's the one that made you. He knows what's best for you. He knows what is going to be fulfilling and make you happy. He knows. We can say, God, but I'm not going to be happy. But you are because he knows. He knows. He's not trying to be mean. He's trying to bless. And as, as we, as I, as, as, as we walk in obedience, we will see, we will see that blessing, we will see that provision, we'll see that grace to walk in what he's called us to walk in that brings such, such joy. Amen? Will you stand with me? Thanks for listening today. We pray this message encourages you. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about us as a church, you can always visit us online by going to lifechurchstl.com.